my low last year when I met you, the only thing I was telling myself was, man, I, I can't wait to meet the guy I'm going to be in three months. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Anthony Thomas. Does your physical therapist live in a van? Well, he might. If you've seen more van life style vans on the road lately, you probably attribute that to the pandemic. Every time I see one, I'm curious, what does that van owner do for a living that they came to either live in this van or have this kick-ass adventure vehicle, and I see them on the road everywhere. With us today is a man who has lived in his van a lot longer than COVID-19 has been around. So this is definitely pre-pandemic van style living. And he shares some pro tips on van life as well as how to build the life you want rather than try to find some hobbies that happen to hopefully maybe fit with the profession you happen to find yourself stuck in. Please welcome to the show and into your life Mountain man, stoke conductor, physical therapist, Daniel Walden. Do you remember meeting? That's what I was wondering. Cause I remember I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. Like, what, 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 I was in my head. I do a lot of rehearsal for myself. Anyways, like yeah. biking, biking, surfing, like, Oh, I'm going to do good today. Yeah. I'm rehearsing like our, our podcast. And I'm like, man, this yeah. guy, yeah, this guy met me at a pretty low point in my life. Yeah. And he still thought I was, decent you know yeah. i was like we still want to connect and i was like he's gonna get such a better person now than then and i you know i was like that's always like my take okay cool yeah. i was i was sad but yeah. people liked me like great i'm putting out still a quality version of myself this is true man so well, yeah I, I think that that was something i was kind of <laughs> so as I prepare for episodes, I kind of, I, I map out, you know, who I'm going to sit down with and everything, do a little, do a little dig and do a little research and kind of, you know, reliving like our experiences so far, everybody that I have sat down with everybody I've, I've, I've been fortunate to, to have on the podcast. It's people that I know and have interacted with or worked with on some level directly, personally, I don't, I haven't had any stranger on here yet. Right. Mm -hmm. But I will say you are the least familiarized person in my life that I've had on the, the show so far, which is a good thing. Right. And like you're, like you're saying, you're, you're playing this back. Like, man, we met when you were at a very low point in your life, which is, it's actually plays perfectly into what this podcast is all about, right? Exploring optimism, because even in your darkest hour or one of your darkest hours, you were still a very optimistic person. Many, many of the darkest hours. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, okay. So to give, to give background, um, Dan and I met and it was a truly, it was a, it was just a classic old, old fashioned way that you meet somebody. I was lured into a van with the promise oh. of free doggy pets. It was like, Hey dude, you want to pet my, I got a dog in here. You like dogs? I was like, Oh hell yeah. I love you dogs. You like digs? Hey, um, oh, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like dogs. No, that, that was funny. I guess I, I don't remember. Um, cause you know, that, that, that's an old school gym, like in yeah. Truckee, California, 
open air garage doors and the gym is, uh, it was an epic place and, you know, they no. weren't super well at the time they weren't super masky cause mm-hmm. they had open air and it was just like a place where a lot of people were coming. Yeah. I saw you cause you were at high fives. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, that's charity. I want to work with because it's getting people back out there after tragedy, right. After injuries. Yeah. And I don't remember, let's say a formal invitation, but I remember looking around and I was like, where's my dog at? <laughs> Cause I work out with him outside of the van. He hangs out on his Baja blanket while I lift and he just hangs at that garage door. He doesn't come in. <laughs> and then I was like, well, he's not there anymore. So I remember looking out and then I was like, Oh, and it was you and your lady. Yeah. And I was like, well, they, they're like, they're good people. Like, you know, he's yeah. a great judge of character. If he, if he trusts him, I trust him. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, cool. I'll say what's up. And then that was, there was a conversation. That was it. That was it. Yeah. We had just finished the high fives event. Uh, raising money. So I was doing the, the charity golf thing and, and fundraising and everything. So we had just wrapped a, a killer event in Truckee and we were, Jeanette and I were, were coming back to see, you know, high fives headquarters and, and, and where they actually do a lot of the rehab and rehabilitating athletes who have had life altering injuries. So this was our first time I had worked with high fives many times before, but this was the first time seeing this is where it, the magic happens. Right. Mm-hmm. I was not at all expected to see it. That gym is kick-ass too. I was looking at it. You remember Jeanette and I were both like, damn, this is sick. I miss it. Yeah, I miss it. It's already gone. They uh, they moved no. into like a new location. I think they changed owners. It's a yeah. bummer, but I mean, Truckee's a, a mobile landscape nowadays. Yeah, understood. But yeah, man, that was it. We we were cruising by. I saw you, saw you in there. Well, we were just look, admiring the gym. Jeanette and I are kind of the way people drive around and look at like, oh, look at that car or oh, look at that house we do that with gyms. Like, oh, what, what <laughs> oh, equipment do they have? Is that grungy? Is that old, like, you know, the rock iron paradise, like old school gym style. Like, what is it like? So we saw that, saw you and just saw this beautiful little dog that was sitting so peacefully. And, and so we struck up conversation. Hey, can we pet your dog? And you're like, yeah, Coop, go, you know, go, go say hi. Go it's say all hi. good. <laughs> He just, he just perked up down there. <laughs> He's yeah. laying in the floor. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, man. So that was it. That was how we met was you're just in the middle of a workout and you were getting after it too. I remember it was cold out and you were, you were sweating pretty good. And, um, <sighs> yeah, you, it was just like, okay, this dude's kind of dope. And then, yeah, we just started chopping it up. You shared your, you know, a little bit of your, your story. We were like, what, what are you doing? Is this is your van? This is your dog. You're working out in the gym with your dog. <laughs> What is the, what is the deal, man? Like, Do you own this place or what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. I just, I make a home everywhere. I feel like, but yeah. I mean, that's how it does feel. And it's great. I love it. You know, if it's an open door policy, you know, if you can see the dog or if it's open you can poke your head and you can say what's up and I love that's it. How it's, yeah. That's how I meet most everybody, man. Yeah. And that's, uh, that, that turns into driveways, hot showers, laundries, meals, and like just, all the reasons you connect with people is hospitality. And that's, that's the van life, man. Yeah. The van life. Well, let's, let's jump in, man. Why don't you introduce yourself? Mr. Stoke master. Dan, yeah. let the people know who we have on today. Who you're who are welcoming, of, welcoming you into their <laughs> ear holes in their lives, wherever they are listening to this. All aboard. This is your Stoke conductor, Daniel Walden, or some people know me as mountain man, Dan. And, uh, I, I am by trade a physical therapist. I've been treating and uh, train, you know, training athletes or geriatric any any style patient. I like working with any and all people. 
um, worked in almost every state in the, the, the mountainous West now as a medical contractor, um, just taking, taking three month contracts here and there. And I'm recently stepping away from medicine, uh, taking a little bit more of a passionate focus at mental health, um, per my own experiences. And that's my new direction is seeing how I connect with people with that style mentality and how to spread that stoke. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Stoke conductor all aboard the Stoke train. So this is, this is kind of serendipitous, right? We meet right next to high fives, which I've spoke about high fives foundation on the podcast several times. They help uh, athletes, major injuries, life altering injuries when they, you know, whether they're doing this sport, snowboarding, skiing, whatever they're doing, uh, spinal cord injuries, things that, you know, literally change people's lives for the rest of their lives. And that's something that you're passionate about. You obviously dedicated. I mean, you, you, you went all the way postdoc in the, in the medical field in order to help people better use and heal their bodies. And, and that's sort of where the change goes because we were deemed non-essential during the pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, I understand it. We're not exactly urgent care. You know, we, right. we are not saving your life in the next 60 minutes, yeah. but we're definitely altering the quality of your life and your longevity. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's where like pandemic sort of showed me that, okay, if they can deem us unnecessary and this post doctorate that I got is not actually, Oh, job security. Like I thought it was, and I can find work. I absolutely can find work. I'm blessed to have a job and, and, a, and a quality one where I, I definitely don't find myself wishing my days away. It's good work and very humbling and uh, full of gratitude for the job. But it, it did change the, the landscape a lot. You know, the jobs are a lot harder to find and come by. Uh, the climate is different, too. The patient landscape is different. You know, yeah. everybody is now a, their own Google doctor. So, you know, the amount of misinformation that we're dealing with is it's exhausting. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, you're right. You know better. And I was like, <laughs> it's, it's stuff that I say all the time. I'm like, well this is what I do. Like, this is what I do for a career. This Mm -hmm. is what I would suggest, but we could do what you looked up online. That's fine. But you know, I just sort of, there's no ego involved anymore. It's how do you connect with a person in a conversation enough to help them? And it's like, well, I don't care about my ego anymore because they're not going to get better if they don't one like me or two believe me. So it's been a practice. Well, I think it's something that you, you got to give credit where credit's due. They, they probably, I'm being generous here. They probably put in at least 20 minutes of research online. You know what I'm saying? Well, they did the thumb cardio enough yeah, to get it up, to pull it up on their phone and they looked through it. Um, but <laughs> that's where the start of the problem is, is because they think if they can look it up that fast, they can fix it that fast. And if you think you can fix 20 years of chronic back pain with one session, I would just love to meet any of these medical providers that do it. And there's yeah. some out there. I'm not saying they're not yeah. like they're out there, but I, I look at it for the long play. Cause I'm, I like, I like to consider myself like a resilience builder. Like we, mm-hmm. we build body endurance and durability. I'm not, I'm not teaching, you know, people how to run faster than the same bolt. I mean, it's, it's like basics. Oh, cool. Well, that is a pretty low toilet. Like I'm going to show you strategies on how to get off of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's, 
so it's so humbling to the point where I'm like, oh, well, well, I'm just going to get one of those elevated toilets. And I'm like, well, you could do that or because like you're pretty much going to have to sit and stand for maybe the next 30 years. Maybe we shouldn't work around it now. Right. Right. You know, that's that's fascinating. I remember this is probably eight years ago now. And I remember reading this. Uh, I remember reading this study. I don't remember where it was conducted. I don't remember the title of it, anything. But the, the key point that stuck with me was they broke it down to that. If you lose full functionality of your hips, your life expectancy is less than seven years from that point. Wow. And this yeah. is like, I mean, obviously you're talking when you're getting into older age and things like that. And I'm like, man, right? that's, that's fascinating. And, and you have people who are, you know, like you're saying, it's the Band-Aid fix. It's like, oh, well, yeah, I, I could just get a taller toilet and that's instant. I Because I only feel pain when I go from that, you know, the 90 degree point and a little bit lower than that, which is what it takes to get on my current toilet. So <laughs> I can fix that just by getting a taller one. It's like, well, yeah, may, maybe maybe you can fix the pain right now, but you can't you can't fix your overall chronic pain, chronic injury and the reason you're feeling this currently. Uh, should by, you by doing that's that. That's the thing. You're like, we can do that, but should you? Yes, yes, yes. So you, <laughs> I use that a lot because I'll be talking to someone my age and they're like, as long as I don't do this, I feel fine. And I'm like, but should you? And I'll, I'll try to start. That's when the salesman kicks in. Yep. You, you know, you don't want to, it's so hard to talk about age anymore without, you know, it being stigmatized. Right. Yeah. Like somebody like, Oh, you call me old. And it, it's not that, or, you know, let's say that you're speaking to a middle-aged woman, which can definitely be challenging on the, the age topic or things like that. But when I'm talking to a parent, a person that's got a full-time job or something, I'm like, you have a lot of active life to live, like not just existing life. Like not just sitting in a chair and getting wheeled around. I'm like, you have active life to live. You're 38. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Let's talk about that. And they're like, Oh, I guess not. you say it that way. And I'm like, how are you thinking about it? It's your life. <laughs> how? Are you, uh, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I never, you know, medical is such a, uh, whisper, whisper type thing and confidentiality. And, you know, like, I, I think the stories that we have from being in medicine, it's just so humorous. Like no one would believe it unless you heard it. Like with your yeah. own ears, sometimes you're just like, wow. Cause I have these examples where I'm like, <laughs> if that patient heard it, they'd probably know, you know, they, they would know. But then again, it's like, I see it online now, like YouTube channels have patient treatments, all the time. So I'm like, yeah. I guess as long as you have consent, you can mention this stuff. But the stuff that I do here, I'm like, here's what I found. If you actively listen well and you say it back to them, they will start to say, oh, that does sound stupid. Yeah. Because because they're like, yeah, that's it only hurts when I drive in the gas pedal. And I was like, but you did just walk three miles. Yeah. And it hurts you only when you push the gas pedal. I'm like, I guess I would just walk, which is yeah. better for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm like, then screw it. Be, you know, get rid of your car, save money. Like you don't have a liability now. Now you're walking. Like people who walk like that regularly have many more years of active life than others. Right. Right. So then you, well, first of all, I didn't even give you the proper welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Stoke master. Inner. 
Yeah. It was. And you don't know this yet because I haven't been releasing these episodes that I've been recording, but I rebranded to the Anthony Thomas podcast, ATP. I did see that. And, you know, I, I looked at it and being the like academia style person, I was like, Oh, cool. Like he's high energy. And then I was like, (laughs) Anthony Thomas (laughs) podcast. And then I was like, you're, you're not, a student of academia, you genius. <laughs> no, like, oh, no. no, but it's, but, but that was part of the play for me. So it was literally like I was chatting. So Jeanette is actually a biology major. You know, she went to, uh, went to school, university of California, um, San Diego biology major. And this was one part of the conversation of the rebrand. It was like, Oh yeah. You know, just like the Anthony Thomas podcast or, you know, what, what name is just easier and, and more identifiable with my personal brand. Cause that's kind of the ideas, everything that I'm ha- I have my hand in. I feel like it's just branding around me. It's not something that I could say, Oh, Hey, let me outsource this thing to somebody else. Cause it all requires my presence sort of thing. So I'm like, yeah, it makes sense to do that. And she's like, yeah, ATP, like cellular energy. And I'm like, Oh <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, the Anthony Thomas podcast, we're on it. Um, big welcome. I want to dive into something you mentioned earlier. You were talking about, you've been living the van life since 2017. So you're in what, year yeah. four or five of this, right? Well, it's weird when I counted out, because I remember like the spring of 2017, I moved in and I was like, okay, all of 17 mm-hmm. and then all of 18, mm-hmm. all of 19, all of 20, all of 21. And then I'm like, yes. This is 2022 is the sixth year, I guess, or, you know, maybe I'm miscounting that or something, but I, I, it doesn't feel like that long. Yeah. Um, I guess it, uh, you know, what the saying is it fly time flies when you're having that much fun, but dang, I feel like yeah. I'm just getting started, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. But this does, this does raise a good question. You mentioned, I mean, first of all, physical therapist, medical professional, you help heal and fix bodies. It raises the question, Stoke Master, a healer, when you need to heal your ailments, you got to give your body to a man who lives in the van down by the river. <laughs> it's so great because that is the most notorious thing about vans. And right. one, I'm a giant Farley fan. Yes. Like, giant. Yes. And I watched Tommy boy over the holidays. Cause I was like, Oh, what's like a good heartwarming. I was like, I'll check that out. And I watched it. I was like, dang, he was good. But people only remember him in that blue plaid blazer saying that. And I'm like, that's it. But it's great. Like that's the number one thing you hear most. Right. But that or do it while you can do it before you settle down. You're right. You're right. So, but this is, this is interesting. This is, this is something I wanted to kind of to kind of reel out of you here is, is you are, you have obviously successfully, I mean, you're, you're five plus years doing this. You have successfully navigated the world of this professional medical healer, educated, the licensed, the whole nine you've navigated that and the optics of what that's supposed to look like the white coat, everything right. Mm -hmm. With the van life, dirt bagger, you know, all the, all the, the preconceptions that come with this, you've navigated these, right. And, and you've built a lot of wonderful bonds. You were saying like, yeah, this, you know, this has led to so many just dinners, meals, lunches, laundry, 
all these things that bring you closer and have a, a wonderful bonding experience with people. I'm very yeah. curious. How, how is it like, how do you navigate do, how do you navigate this with the, the ego of, of society, so to speak, having so much pressure? Cause it's something that you, you, I, you've talked about. It. I've seen you share it on your, you know, on your Instagram, you do pretty well with sharing what the life is like. Yeah. How do you, how do you navigate this overall where you overcome the optics of being a medical professional who lives in a van? There's a, there's a couple things there to unpack for sure. I think, um, first to address would be, you know, how you receive the, you know, the outside world. I've never cared about what other people think. Um, you, you have to, to a degree, you know, for yourself to make sure you're sort of fitting in and like, how can I adapt to better help patients? Because I've noticed that if I look a certain way, like I get a lot of prejudgments, and again, maybe people don't have the buy-in and that's me trying to conform at least for the patient's sake. You know, I, I don't want to live my lifestyle so dingy and through and through dirt baggy that I, you know, that I can't effectively do the job. Right. But I've noticed that I, I've just never cared about that to the, the funny point of people saying, do it while you can, before you settle down, before you have a career. And I'm always like, why are you saying that to me? I was like, this is sort of a career, but and uh, it's like the amount of do it before you have a wife. And I was like, maybe I haven't been looking or maybe I, maybe I just hadn't met her. I mean, again, like there, everyone else puts you in a box yeah. and essentially looks at you like a project. So if I essentially take all that on, I could feel very behind for not having those things, not having a home base or a structure to live in a house, stationary, a family, all of that shit. Yeah. Sure. I could absolutely feel behind. I think the next side of things is, uh, like I do try to blend in when necessary. If it's for the betterment of patients, every time I'll do it. I've been there. I mean, I've, I've been an athlete my whole life. So my own injuries, you know, you want to have a connection with your PT. I never want to alienate patients to where they can't get better or they request another therapist. You know, you can't take everything personally, but when that happens, you're just like, that sucks. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> I've had it done. I mean, I've had it done and it's not, it's because also I'm not going to lie to patients when they say, Hey, can you just do some massage? And, you know, maybe it can like get me back to like being like an active runner and stuff. And I was like, yeah, like a couple of times, but do you think me massaging you is going to make you a better runner? Probably not. Like yeah. I'm just looking at the small things, but the basics and it gets a little challenging when people, they don't like hearing hard truths. And that's like, that's our life. Um, yes. and I, I think I have taken a more righteous stance on that in my later years, recognizing I'm not going to contribute to the problem anymore. I'm going to give you the information and I'll deliver it in a very kind way. But if you don't like it, maybe you should have a different provider that'll do these things for you. Mm -hmm. Cause you'll get, if you, if that's what you believe, then you'll probably benefit from it more. Right. Right. That's um, fascinating. Yeah. And then I think just in the rest of it, of the, it's funny too. I think it's dependent on your intentions of why you live in the van. But for me, I, um, I've been recognizing this more and more. Like I'm a lifestyle forward person. Mm -hmm. I I'm not trying to be a physical therapist and be the best one in the world and literally be remembered as this guy who did a bunch of ACL repairs and helped people improve their quality of life only. Yeah. I mean, I want to, I want to be remembered for like, Oh man, they really made me feel heard. And we had a lot of fun with him, whether it was 
was in the clinic or it was out surfing mountain biking or we met his dog at a gym. Yes. We sure and, did. <laughs> yeah, like I chose this lifestyle because I knew if I had less house to maintain, I was going to make more connections with people. And and that is a rich experience. I don't, I'm rich in experience, not in possessions. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 classic Bob Marley right there. You know, many people have seen the clip where <laughs> Bob Marley getting interviewed, and the interviewer is like, How much money do you have? Are you a rich man? And Bob's like, what do you mean rich? He's like, well, you know, do you, have right. a, do you have a lot of money? Do you, he's like, having a lot of money makes you rich. I'm not that kind of rich. It's like I'm, I'm, yeah. rich, I'm rich in life, you know? And, and that's, that was like, man, this, this clip, if you look up Bob Marley, are you rich? I'm sure it'll pop up. It's a beautiful clip, especially his delivery. Cause you can just see the essence of what you just delivered right now. The heartfelt, genuine, like this is, at your core, what you feel, what you believe and what you know to be true. That's how, that's how Bob Marley delivers it as well. And, and that's, a, that's something I tip my hat to for sure, man. It's not, it's not an easy thing. <clears throat> it's not an easy thing to take what society has built as good, has built such a strong foundation of what it looks like, what good looks like, what the American dream looks like. It's not an easy thing to, to look at that and, and know that your perspective, your analysis, your breakdown of that is different and that your difference in opinion, your difference in perspective and belief of that, then the majority is going to come up so many times in your life that, it, you know, that these are things that come up daily in conversation and you have to go kind of, you're the opposition in so many conversations that people are just like, damn, this guy chooses to live in a van. Like, that's crazy. You should buy a house. You should, you know, yeah, do it while you're young or before you settle down type of thing. Like you just have a stronghold on, on what you really feel and what you're after, which is something what you were mentioning, some of your clients or your past clients, and this is everywhere. That's not something many people do is, is truly honestly assess themselves, honestly look at where they're going and where they would rather be going, you know, and, and, and figure out how to get on that. This is where I'd rather be going path. Right. But you've done that analysis. You've done that work. You've done enough to where you can live your life daily, not necessarily requiring you to put a lot more time into focusing on that. You can now think at like the next, the higher levels which is mm-hmm. what you're doing, right? You're, you're coaching, you're helping other people to get to these, this mental state and everything as well. Right. It's yeah. The new phase, it's a lot of deprogramming. And, and it's funny that PT has really groomed me towards a lot of that as well. I mean, it was the career that I initially took off with and it gave me the lifestyle I desired, yeah. but now it's given me the skills to really come at coaching with a lot of a skill set that's more geared at the self-care because I have so many patients that are not willing to look at themselves and say, well, I'm responsible for these people, whether it's their, their spouse or their kids. And they, that's why they have to hurt so they can be well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, that's just not how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're delivering subpar version of yourself all of the time, like to me, that's an embarrassment, but also think of how much worse off your relationships are. If you're not even, let's say not pain-free, but if you're not your best self, man, your relationships suffer. So it's wild. I mean, you can't really do that in one session of 
physical therapy. Maybe you can get more out of it if it's real therapy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> some lasting thought change yeah. that just yeah, a true shift. I think it's it's that's why I think I feel so comfortable exiting the space and the medical climate, looking at what I do know I can change is people's perspectives and how they operate in their lives. And I mean, it's an operating system. So I put all the content out on YouTube. That's why I write the captions I do on Instagram is people get to know you better and they recognize the genuity and what your message is. And I mean, they can tell, I mean, it's not super salesy to my own detriment. It's not super salesy. Like I could probably be working with more people if I tried to put it out there more, but I, I do recognize the mental health space is a very interesting place. And I, I love the Jim Carrey quote where he's like, if it's okay to be depressed, these things, but it's like, if you're not physically moving your body outside, getting sunshine, self-reflecting, assessing, and, you know, meditating and, and having a whole foods diet, you're not even giving yourself a diet chance. Right. Yeah. And, he, and I, I, re, I recall this and, and I fucking love Jim Carrey. And he, he goes on to, to say, you know, depression is your, your body, your avatar saying it wants to be a new character. It wants to yeah. be a different character. And I, uh, I, I have actually, this is very, res- like, this is resonating very hard. It's funny. I can say these things and I recognize this the chapter that I've been in is it, it's been tough to really change careers at this point where you're leaving security to move on to a new space and, and enter a place where I feel like my impact is greater, but ultimately like my life's purpose is to do that. Yeah. And and making sure I can do it responsibly. Obviously I have no aversion to burning the boats. I mean, I've done it, but yeah. it's, uh, it's something else to say like, man, I could get myself in a bit of a pickle if I just keep pushing full steam ahead and boy, I'm trying. And it it's wild, but like, I, I've had many of friends, like we're talking and they're like, well, you're definitely no stranger to new experiences. And I was like, yeah, taking the leap is definitely something I'm comfortable with. And they're like, I think you wrote the book. I'm taking the leap. Yeah, "Ah, it's pretty true. Like I've always been okay with experiences. Like, yeah, I remember moving out West and I was like, game on, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's pretty evident just browsing your, your social media, browsing your Instagram, you see you're on there rock climbing, you're, you know, you're mountain biking, you're fly fishing, you're, you know, snowshoeing, skydiving. You're definitely, definitely living that life of, of novelty of, of, of new things of newness. But I am curious. And, and that's something I completely agree with it. There's a lot of beauty, a lot of growth and a lot of pure joy I don't mean the joy that's like, oh man, this is going to be really cool and look cool for me to share on socials, you know? I mean, the type of joy that you just, you're so giddy. You're so like the end of the day when you're eating, no matter how gassed you get from that experience in the day, the end of the day, you're like going to bed, like shaking with excitement still of how dope the day was. When was the last time you did something for the first time, Dan? Oh, Wow. Man, that's a good question. I'm like, all right, well, you know, I've I've recently been in a really like a new and novel relationship, and like I got vulnerable again and opened up and said, "I love you." That that feels that feels pretty risky and novel to me. Uh, Do something new though. Oh, you know what? I mean, this is a point of pride. I um just because I I feel like I I want to challenge myself. I quit drinking in 
uh, the midsummer, and I, I took like six months off of drinking just to see how I felt. And I was like, man, that's cool. Cause I recognized like my Stoke lifestyle was so geared at celebration. Yeah. You, you do that great surf session. You have that big day of downhilling or while you're fly fishing, you know, I've got like beers in my waders and stuff, you know, you're just yeah. like, it's, you're staying hydrated. And I was like, man, I have no reason to celebrate anymore, but this is what we do. And mm. I was like, well, that's not good. Like that's yeah. not a good relationship. Right. And that, that was new. I, I'm stoked on that because I feel like I've had friends say, all you do is hang out in breweries and have craft beer out in the woods. And I'm like, well, that's you believing Instagram life, but I right. have a lot. I mean, I'm still working. I don't drink like right. that. Um, physical activity. So I left Tahoe Truckee area just a month, probably having met you mm -hmm. and I moved. Um, so that, that was a transition time for me, pretty brutal breakup. And, um, just a big time of growth. And I took a contract cause I just was like time to crank very, get buried at work. And I moved to central coast, California, San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I've, I used to be a professional wakeboarder, different life. That's not a plug. That's just like how I got to be into board sports and the, the experiences that made me realize I am an experienced centric person. And I was like, I should start surfing. Yeah. Um, so I, I got a board, got a wetsuit and, um, wildly being a Tennessee kid, I was like, I am so fearful of sharks <laughs> and I swim out. And I was so concerned about sharks as I'm swimming out. Like I put the leash on, I I'm like, Oh man, I'm a little like, it's cold. Like this water's cold. Mm -hmm. I'm swimming out. It was probably like the week of Christmas. Cause I was out West. I couldn't afford to even fly home to see my folks. And I just like left my girlfriend who was the only person I wanted to share a warm moment with. And I'm swimming out into the water and it was so great that in my mind, I was still afraid of sharks and I get out there and I was like, I will drown before anything ever eats me. This sport <laughs> is hard. I was like, I can barely stay afloat. I'm like a pretty, anyone who knows me, they call me a dense sort of square person. And I'm out there and I was like, this board doesn't really float that good. I don't float that good. If this shark eats me, I'm already dead. Screw the sharks. Like this is epic. And since then I have been, I'm a year into surfing and I've been training specifically for it. I love it so much. I love being a beginner again. And that's a, I've been facing fears since. <laughs> hey, that is, that is some comical shit. I am it, so. It's been so funny. He <laughs> like, said, I am so afraid of sharks. And then <laughs> I got out there and realized I am going to drown before a shark even gets close to me for. <laughs> And I'm, I'm like a good swimmer. I grew up wakeboarding. I was wakeboarding yeah. pretty seriously by the time I was like 10 years old. I yeah. was a lake rat and it was so great being out there. And I was like, I've never been held under for two waves before, but that was hard. <laughs> I was like, dang, it was such an epic experience to get out there like repeatedly, right? Like you don't learn to surf in one session, you know, yeah. like what yeah. you do, the, the first session is you learn how to not die. Yeah. And that's the next five sessions. And then <laughs> that six through 10 is when you're like, Hey, I, I did a proper pop-up. Yeah. I popped up and then I dove off the board. Nice. 
<laughs> nice. It was awesome, man. And now, like, I've done it. I've surfed the whole year, sort of chasing it. I've, and this is like my my favorite part of this lifestyle. I learned how to surf in Central California, and then within the same year, I've surfed from like Tijuana all the way up to Canada. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not good, but I I don't drown. I don't get close <laughs> to drowning now. And I've surfed with some really great humans and I've already made extremely like new and quality friends. And I'm like, man, and like surfing when you can see the snow in the mountains or it is snowing, mm. um, but it became my new therapy. And that's like the novelty. I think well, you described it perfectly when you were, you did your, you're shivering and you're going to bed and you're so you're still electric from the experience yeah. is I surf so many times, even alone. And I'm, I'm looking at what I'm, you know, observing it's snow in the Olympic mountains, this water that's so deep blue and, and clear. And I can see the ground and like, you know, there's jellyfish around and the waves, the way they sound. And I don't hear anything else. And I mean, I, I, this year is the year I learned how to surf. I started therapy for myself. Like I've read more books this year than I've ever read. And I'm like, this is the year where I am just doing nothing but novelty when it comes to I, I don't want to be that character that Jim Carrey told me I was escaping from. Like I'm, I'm becoming this guy that I was born to be. I love this, man. I love this. And, and I, if anybody, whoever is listening to this is not inspired from that alone, then how, if you don't mind sharing, how old are you? I'm 34. 34. <clears throat> You're 34 years old. You just picked up this new thing at roughly at 33 years old. You live 33 years hadn't surfed, done other yeah, boards. Never. And you, you find this and there's so many, I don't want to call them voids, but there's so many parts of you, parts of your existence, parts of your life that are, that are being filled in different ways and like cared for in different ways from this thing you just found. You just, I mean, you've known of surfing forever, I'm sure, but you just found it in the sense that you, you went out, you were like, I'm going to get after this. I'm going to try this new thing and you're doing it. And you're finding all of these benefits. I mean, there is downside potential, right? You could drown or get eaten by a shark or drown and then get eaten by a shark, which, you know, you, would, you would never know. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's seriously. An, it's an honorable death. That's what I've told myself. I was like, I mean, he earned it. He's still got to eat the wetsuit, which is unhealthy, but yeah, I mean, that's he true. earned it. And you could, I mean, you could, you would go out kind of like a, like, that's kind of like a legend and that's the way I would want to do it. Right. Like go out. Give all me, I want to do. Give me all of the glory of like, yeah, he got eaten by a shark without knowing that like I was already dead by that moment. You know, don't, don't <laughs> just, just leave that part out. Like, it's like somebody writes your book for you, you know, the life, <laughs> the life of Anthony Thomas. And they're like, lo and behold, his endurance was so poor like poorly prepared for his experience survey he drowned and then got bit and then spit out he didn't even get <laughs> eaten by a shark like in my luck it would just be like like a little baby shark bite on the forearm you know like just a little tight <laughs> and does it barely enough to break skin there's no actual flesh missing it's just a little chomp and go <laughs> The autopsy showed he didn't lose enough blood to die. He was already dead. And then like, that's the end. That's your prologue. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, man. So this is something 
Is this is this something that I mean? You're coaching people. You're help. You're helping people through challenging times. It, it, more importantly, in my opinion, because this is something uh, coaching is is actually an area that I'm I'm getting into as well. Is, is I that same purpose that you feel that electric purpose of like I have figured out a lot of dope shit and how to navigate a lot of challenging things that I want to pass this on. And I know mm-hmm. the tactics. I know the methods. I know the ways to do this and 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 get after it this way. Right. I'm curious, what about newness and novelty are you finding um, with with most of the people that you work with, mostly most of your coaching clients? What about newness and novelty is kind of the underlying thread that people feel towards it? Is it typically you find people are, are feeling fear or when you say, yeah, try something new? Or is it something that they're feeling lost like where do i even start something new you know how to even find that what what is the common theme that you're finding when you're working with with uh some of your clients man that's that that's super individual but what you said are classic options right i think what anyone feels in terms of novelty is a bit of resistance to change whether it is resistance like and it's a it's a fear avoidant tendency and that's mostly what I, you know, I, I feel like I see is fear avoidance. Well, well, what if, and they don't know what to expect. And I think, uh, I think that would be probably the overarching theme is fear avoidant because of failure. Like there, I don't know what to expect. And it's like, that is the absolute number. One thing we're trying to teach you is that fear, failure is part of the process. It's not like you shouldn't fail. Mm -hmm. It's if you don't just keep trying, failing, and then standing back up, then you're not learning anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I I guess that's what I feel really, really comfortable with. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) man, like failing is, I'm like, that's the same thing with like, I have a job, I have a career, I can be safely Mm -hmm. a physical therapist for the rest of my life. Yeah. I would absolutely prefer to fail trying my own personal endeavor with the chance that it probably could help way more people. Cause I can only see 10 to 20 people a day as a therapist, right? Depending on the business model. I don't own my own clinic. I, I don't want to own my own clinic. I work for people because it allows me to come and go as I please live yeah. in a van. And like, it, that's, that's my lifestyle, but I don't think I'll, be contented with the impact I have seeing that many people having to cater my message to them. Yeah. I'm not going to cater my message for the rest of my life. When I know that I can reach more of the people that agree with me, probably online and then in person. Yeah. Yeah. And scalability, baby. That's a big thing, right? When you're talking about living life with a purpose, it's one thing. It's one thing to have the purpose. Like you described it earlier, you're not after you haven't had that hunger. And some people do. Some people are like physical therapy. I want to be number one in the world. I want to be the best there ever was best that ever did it. Yeah. And you, and you explain it. You, you know that you looked at yourself and that was probably not the easiest thing to say, damn, like I'm in this. I spent this much time of my life pursuing this profession. I'm in it. And I have to be honest with myself that this isn't the thing that I want to be the world's greatest in, in a sense. Right. And it's not about being the best at something, but being your best version of you for whatever it is you're pursuing. And it's yeah. Individualistic. Yeah, for sure. And and then when you find that in this space and it's, and it is novel, right. Coaching and everything, it's not such a far reach for you and, and moving from your profession, everything. There's a lot of overlap in some senses, but it is also a completely new 
area, a completely new uh, way to interact with people and things like this. Um, holy smokes. If you know, if you're, you're most likely just listening and not watching this. So you can't see that I have a makeshift studio set up right now. This blanket, this paisley blanket behind me. It's a tapestry and it's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, I'm at, I'm at the in-laws place. We're visiting, you know, holidays and and the the house is full and it's, you know, you're hearing banging around or anything like this that's what's going on so i apologize but i'm hoping i got a brand new kick-ass editor and i'm hoping that he just crushes it here i'm gonna plug him here soon um i hope he crushes it hey man i i just realized we we got taken off and i wasn't doing anything on my end other than just plugging this stuff and i did hit record probably 25 minutes ago or something along the lines though so i don't know if we got the quality you were anticipating right off the bat because we it's were good. we were troubleshooting and it's all good dang, dang, i got it but i got it my my i got a guy i got a guy um, i got the guy <laughs> so uh, just a couple quick points and i want to move on to something else uh before we, we're chopping down too much time but a couple quick points on novelty on newness on new things and everything like that for people who are up for the challenge of taking on that fear or they find their way to work around the, the fear of failing and, you know, realize that failure is actually part of that pursuit. That's where you get a lot of growth is like, let me try something new because I'm most likely going to suck at it at first, but there's also a huge, huge steep increase in your ability to perform the new thing early on versus something that you're already really, really good at. It's like, it's, it's hard to get those little increments when you're really great at something already. Yep, trying something point. new. Yeah. Trying something new. You get that feeling of like, holy shit, dude, I improved so much. I mean, even the way you just described 10 surfing sessions, if you're brand new, like 10 of anything to improve in an extreme amount, when you're brand new at something and you're failing, 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 10 sessions is a huge change versus I've been surfing for 29 years and I got 10 sessions coming up. I'm not going to have a huge improvement in 10 sessions yeah. there. Right. Like in those 10 sessions, I learned how to put my wetsuit on a lot faster. <laughs> hey, that counts, man. You're saving time. Time is valuable. That's, that's, oh, more, yeah. that's more waves you can catch when you get your stamina up to not drown out there. And when you're trying to get out there in the water and it's like 40, you know, 47 degrees, it's like the least amount of time you're spent like half naked with this big rubber suit going on you. Like it helps. Cause I, cr- I turn the heater on in the van. I crank it up to like 90 degrees. So yeah. I'm getting in to the suit in a sauna and then I'm like, all right, I'm already sweating. And then I go out in the wave. So that's it solid. That's solid. See that benefits of van life right there, baby. Learning, Just learning one of, and living one of many, but real quick, I'm curious if you have any advice for folks on, or, or just your experience, it doesn't have to be like, Hey, here's what you should do, but what you've done, Dan, how do you come up with, and then how do you decide on what new things to, to try or pursue or, or get hooked on? Oh, wow. So is the question on choosing the activity itself or how to, how to be okay with the beginner process? on choosing. So let's say you have somebody that's like, man, I would love to try new things. I just don't even know where to start. And and I'm curious for you when you oh. go, well, it's time for me to try something new. Great question. And, and then you go, well, there's infinite possibilities of new things that you can try. So how do you, how do you decide what is the next new thing you're going to try? Man, 
I, it goes back to that comment earlier. Uh, I'm such a lifestyle forward person. I like, I designed it's great. Like I didn't design my life around my career. I designed my lifestyle. Uh, I, I, sorry, I designed my career around my lifestyle. Like I knew I was like, Oh, I should pick a job that is going to allow me to live somewhere for three months and then move on. Mm. Uh, that was medicine. I, I didn't know a lot of other things provided I, I could have thought longer and harder, but you know, in our era, aren't what, how old are you Anthony? 32. Oh, right on. Yeah. So like a, a similar generation, I just felt like I was getting education shoved down my throat. Yeah. Go to school, get as many degrees as possible. Keep going. You want to do higher education? Oh, you want to do five years, two majors? Screw it. Yeah. I did those things. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I was like, well, I guess I should have learned, like, maybe I could have just gone to like welding school and been a contract welder and like actually really love the fact that I didn't have to talk to anyone all day and just made things <laughs> yes with no so debt like with no debt it yes is, it was amazing and I like I wish I would have known that was an option yeah but here I am and when it boiled down to like choosing what was going to work for me that's what made sense I I had experience with PT because I had already, when I was 16, I tore my ACL at the, uh, at the, like one of the only pro tour events I ever podiumed at. It yeah. was up in Canada, tore the knee up. And then I was like, Oh God, to get this fixed. And I had to get physical therapy for six months on my knee after I had it fixed. And I was like, I like this. You get to work with athletes and yeah. you get to build a relationship and get them back to the sport. Well, that's what I did in my experience. And I thought it would be enriching and it is. Mm -hmm. but I think when it comes to choosing, it's like, how can you enhance your lifestyle is that's all I'm thinking about. The van life wasn't a lifestyle enhancement choice. My career also was geared around that. And then if I'm choosing new things, I, I happen to be, I think a cyclist before I am anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I love cycling so much. Like cycling is fantastic when it comes to van lifing, because I can go to any bike shop when I'm traveling. I'm happy to pay for stuff because I always need service on the bike. Mm -hmm. That's how you meet people. Yeah. That's how you become a patron. They always have a, a water station to clean the bikes, which means I will also fill my water tanks. They yeah. have a favorite brewery in town and they are massive calorie burners. They also know where the best food is in town. It's everything a human could need. Like <laughs> I'm just nothing but a lifestyle athlete or <laughs> if you could even call it athlete anymore. I'm a lifestyle exister. That is the best life hack I think I have heard in at least easily, easily at least two months. Part of me wants to have you censor that out so people don't hear van life and say, oh, let's go bomb a bunch of bike shops because you do you do have to buy stuff. You do yeah. need to be a patron. And that's what I pride myself on is like, I'm going to go support local business because I, I, I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm, I'm a traveling local, you know, right. like that's what I do. And it's challenging. Cause like, that's, I'm so excited. I just got my van registered in another state than California. Cause you can, you can go to 49 States in the country with a California tag and everyone's going to be like, Oh God. Yeah. Californian. And yeah. I'm definitely not a Californian, but I lived in Tahoe for long enough to get register my vehicle. Yeah. I'm so glad I have new <laughs> plates because you could go places and they're like, cool, let's not smear dog shit on this guy's windshield because he's not a Californian. <laughs> That's happened. 
Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I don't know if it was because I was a Californian or yeah. I had the plates, but like I, I park perfectly. I mind the rules. Yeah. I, I clean up after my dog and any other dog that's leaving a trace. Yeah. And I, I leave every spot better than I find it. So, I mean, if it wasn't the tags, then they just did not like me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just fair. That's I mean, and it's tough. It's a mystery. You don't. That's one that you don't necessarily get to solve. So you got to make the best guess, the best guess that you can. And if you, your experiences, you see people, and they're like, oh, you know, the eyes. They look at you, look down, see your your plate, and then they look up at you with a different look on their face. You know, there's 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 indicators. I'm sure. I'm learning too. Surf surf localism is a potential issue you know i mean yeah. an issue you could look it up online there's so much info on youtube to yeah. about the etiquette and whatnot but it's a lot more prevalent than i anticipated like it's not that way in cycling um, yeah. but like surf localism is a big deal you just want to be careful about how you're behaving in an area and you know i think a lot of people look at oh cool luxury van out-of-state tags like it's an easy thing to pinpoint as yeah. well they don't know what they're doing here right Right. Right. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people like, you know, uh, it's super tiny minimal. What is it? Uh, it's hailing. Oh, okay. There we go. (laughs) It's like, I see it on the windshield. There's, there's like a big, it looks like a little dipping dots just all over the windshield right now. (laughs) Hey, this is it. You get to experience. There's plenty of people probably sitting in their homes their physical homes. You don't get that nice, lovely feel of like, I'm in the elements. You know, you're still cozy. Welcome, welcome to, to van life. Yeah, here's my home. You're you're in my bedroom, my kitchen, yeah. my foyer, my living room, cocktail. Welcome to the most intimate podcast yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on. Um, I think you I think you you capitalized on a couple of a good things there is that and that's probably I never even thought of that when I think of, you know, let me try something new, but start with what would enhance my life style, the style of life that I want to live. What new thing can I pick up? That's just going to get me closer to living that life. What's going to enhance that life. And that's a, that's a damn good way. That's a damn good way to, to pick up a new thing, to try a new thing. Like, yeah. And I think it's worth saying, I find it's easy for people to be turned off by a lot of my like a lot of my coloring and my persona, because it seems very active based outdoor pursuits or active pursuits. It's not limited. I know I, I've just, I got a, like, I just finished this, like uh, a book about communication and how I can, you know, be more and more, more inviting, empathic and be like, be a better communicator with people. One, it'll help me at my career with patients, but also like, I bet this could probably help me with like my relationship with my folks and being like more empathic. And of course, like if I do have a relationship, should that occur in van life and this, this life in general. And I mean, if it can enhance your lifestyle, it's, it's not always a hard skill. It's not always a physical skill. It can be so many things. Yeah. Um, Because I, I feel, and I don't mind because if you know me from the outside, it is very physical. It is outdoorsy. There's a golden mm-hmm. retriever. Like there, you know, it's a lot of stuff that I wear is black, brown, and green. Like it's because it's like I get stains on everything. It's either paw prints or chain grease. Like there's so many random things about it that are physical and lifestyle related, but it's so many soft skills, like mindset base that that's, I mean, those are hobbies and things to learn and try because those are also things that are massively changing my quality of life too. 
Hey, I, I'm not going to say it came from me, but you might be onto something there that you might want to run with as a grand title to something called Paw Prince and Chain Grease. I think that's, I think that's a damn good brand right there. I'm just putting that out there. I'm just going to say <laughs> Yeah, I think it's you, so funny. I just you it's, nailed a, that. it's a brand, yeah, branding opportunity. It you is. know, and this dog, like having a dog in this lifestyle has changed how I operate. Yeah. I've 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 been in Home Depot every day for the past 45 days because it's been snowy and rainy. I go to Home Depot and I walk my dog for about 60 to 90 minutes every day because he doesn't get dirty. Yeah. And we and we live in a van. Like I don't want to smell him. And right. I, He's more fun to be around when you can touch him and you, you know, you don't feel dirty after you yeah, touch him. For sure. For so, sure. That's excellent. That's like, so excellent. I like once a week I'll bring like coffee in and yeah. like, because everybody feeds him treats. Like there's a guy in paint. His name is Jeep and Coop knows this guy because he always has begging treats or whatever. <sighs> the, and, and so like when we go over to paint, when we're walking, he Coop quits minding me and he gets all excited and he goes over and he's starting to talk to Jeep and he's like looking around paint. He goes like right back behind the counter. And that's how I know like where, okay, where's my dog at? Yeah. You know, he's left me. And <laughs> you know, like the people at home Depot have trained my dog and that's a van life hack too, right? You can walk your dog in hardware stores. <laughs> well, but, I don't know. Can you, is that, is that open to any dog? Cause Coop. So, Coop is actually a service dog, correct? No, he's a therapy dog. So he doesn't, he he doesn't give me any service. And I, I felt pretty strongly about this based off of like my own service as a medical provider. It's like, I don't require any service. He's not a, he's not a trauma-based dog or an emotional support dog for me, but I did just fill out the necessary paperwork to establish him as a therapy dog, which is Mm. like meeting criteria for, behavior standards. Yeah. And so I was able to like order him a vest and get the, like the certification cards and all that. I, it doesn't seem all that official, but anyways, I don't vest him yeah. unless I'm at work. Yeah. Well, and, and I can absolutely vouch for the fact that Coop is a, a of any dog that you would see out there. That's why I asked like, Oh, he's a service dog. Right. Be- and I'm familiar with this. I, my life working in for an airline, I see plenty. Oh, right. You know, um, I'm very familiar with all the people who try to circumnavigate that whole world of, Oh yeah, my dog's a, a service animal. Emotional support, whatever. I genuinely vouch for the behavior of Coop. He's such an amazing dog and easily, easily passed by far. Um, even over some dogs that have actually passed as, you know, they actually are legitimate service animals. He's such right. a well-behaved dog. So that's, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if Home Depot allows, you know, any, any bring your dog, walk them around sort of type of thing, but that is a life hack. And that's some things that only, you, you only kind of come across when you're living that lifestyle. I would get, I would say. Yeah, man. Oh. He's, he's something else. And, you know, he's my lottery dog. Like there's stuff that he does that I could not have trained no doubt. Like mm-hmm. he, I noticed this just the other day, like he legit can, he understands pointing. Like you can point somewhere and most dogs just see you and that's yeah. it. Like they see you and they, but I can like point and he'll go and he'll look at, it's crazy. And that is, that I've been is. super fortunate. Yeah. I mean, the way he operates, uh, like when we are, we go into a hospital room, he'll go in and he'll, you know, sort of read the room, but then he'll go to like another side of the bed to sit near that patient and when he sits his head will lift their hand up 
And I'm like, wow. But I was like, you know what? I don't want him to scare people and stuff yeah. like that. But I'm like, dude, this is epic. He, he definitely is. He's a gift to me. And that's what made me realize like van life and how, how can I absolutely give him the best life is yeah. he, he never leaves my side and it's yeah. sort of wild, but I mean, I spend every hour with him yeah. except when I go to the gym and sauna. Yeah. It's like, it's sort of nice. Like the babysitter is me going to the gym and I get yeah. to a little moment to myself and man, I mean, it's a good life to recognize that like th- we're all they have. So yeah. Yeah. And you give, yeah, he definitely gets a good life. And if you, if you like dogs, if you like kick-ass sweet animals, then I would highly recommend checking out Dan's Instagram because he does a good job sharing Coop on there as well. And he's such a, it's just every single moment, no matter what he's doing is pure joy and peace and love with that dog. It's so, it's so, so damn good. I try to, you know, do a nice Coop voice from time to time and see, you know, how this is, if this was Coop, uh, this is his voice and I play around with that. So yeah, that's good. You got to personify the dude. Oh um, man, he's epic. All right. We're winding down probably, I don't know. I'd say we got another five minutes or so. There's a couple other things I wanted to get through, but I'm going to shorten that. And then we'll have a nice little round out to our, our session here. Let's get what we can in because I am available and we can shorten the, the intro if need be. Yes. Yes. Journey versus the destination. You are an adventurous man. You've been living for years, the van life, and you've had many different destinations reached and you've been on an epic journey or two. So which is the focus? What do you believe should be focused on for people? The journey versus the destination. Yeah. I could, I could probably speak to that with some examples based off of like, I've got, I'm living proof that, the journey has to be absorbed. But first one, um, I randomly was winding down my wakeboard career and I was like, man, I've, I've gone all over the world and only really just gotten on lakes. You know, I just went and wakeboarded and I don't know, once you're on the water, all the boats are pretty similar. I don't know. Like the views are great, but it's the people that Mm -hmm. you're hanging out with. And it was great, but I, I winded down. And I was like, I want to hike the Appalachian Trail. That's, you know, a 2,200-mile footpath on the East Coast. And I randomly connected with Gatorade from the University of Tennessee. I was working at, uh, at the university with athletes, and they helped me out with like, a, here's a grant. This is what you should go do. And I was like, cool, I'll do it. So I was working with Power Bar, and they're like, go hike the trail, give away some Power Bars. It was so informal and awesome. Yeah. But it was like, once they said you should do it, I was like, see, parents... Like, <laughs> Validation. Yeah, I, was like, I was like 20, you know, 22, 23. And I was like, see, they said I should. And they were like, well, okay. I mean, I was like Gatorade's the biggest company ever. Yeah. And, and they were like, yeah, cool. My dad was all about it. And you know, my mom was the responsible, the responsible stance saying, if you do this, you're never going to go back to school. And I was like, uh, you know, and I didn't have any mind mind for it other than this is going to be so fun. And I hiked it. And I mean, I, to not have like an arrogant uh, arrogance about it, it was easy. You just walk <laughs> for four months, but like, that's my mentality too, though. I'll speak yeah. to that. Like my, my headspace was very sturdy and I had a fa- I have a, just an incredible foundation for just doing things that aren't always fun. And it was, 
the goal is finishing. And that yeah. was it. I think to me, telling the story 500 times to people about why I didn't finish was going to be way worse than just sucking it up and doing it. <laughs> hey, that's a piece of gold right there. That is a yeah. piece of gold right there. So the I'm hiking the trail and yeah, the pain of regret cool. versus the pain of, of continuing and, and, right. and finishing. Ooh. Yeah. And I remember like getting eaten alive by mosquitoes in Maine and Maine was where I started. Like I hiked from the North to the South Yeah. and I was like, dude, this, this is awful. I'm alone. What am I doing? This is, I mean, I'm sweaty. I smell like a deep covered Funyun. Like this is nothing fun. And I was like, it would cost me more money to get a bus ticket and days and time. And my headspace would just literally fall into the garbage if I had to, you know, call home and say, Hey, I'm on a bus to go home. Yeah. And then I've got like four or five months carved out to do jack shit. Like I'd rather just be out in the woods, not having to answer to anyone. And it was great. Like social media wasn't even a thing. Like I had nobody trying to talk to me. If I checked in every five days, everybody knew I wasn't dead. So it was good. And, And that was when I realized like, Oh, this is like staying present because the only thing you focus on when, when this, a cell phone is not giving you any information that's necessary for your survival. All we did all day was hike, make sure we had a place to bed down before that was make sure we had at least one liter of water on our person. Mm -hmm. And then I knew I could probably hike three days, you know, with water and without food and to survive, like it was good. And I mean, when, when I would get to a store, it was like grape soda, chocolate milk, pop tarts, some style of (laughs) chips, like a bag of chips. And then I would get a sandwich. Like that was the appetizer. So (laughs) it was cake. Like it was just living your life. And hiking was so fun, like learning your confidence. And I can go to any town. I can hitchhike. I can sleep anywhere I want. And like, I'm good. Like if nobody can kill you, if they don't know where you're sleeping, as far as I'm concerned. So I was like, game on. It was just a fun way to be 23 years old and understand the world's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. And gain a whole lot of confidence about, oh, I can travel. I can live with literally everything in my backpack. And this is, this is absolutely the key to staying present because what I'm doing now is the ultimate backpack trip one day after the other, everything that I need is with me. I am just backpacking like a G. Yeah, that's it. And so when I finished, I was so bummed out. My dad, my dad hiked in to the last day of the trail. He met us the night before he brought me, and he was late, which totally pissed me off. It was yeah. hilarious because I gave him all these details. I already knew where he needed to be. And I was like, you need to start early. I hope you bring a headlamp. But like, I can't, you know, be responsible for you because I'm not even, I don't even know all these details, like where you're starting. He way overpacked. He brought like six Gatorades for me and my friends. He brought like a six pack of Coors Light, which was an exquisite gesture, but it explained why he was hiking so freaking slow. <laughs> And I was like, dude, you were out to like 8 p.m. and it's late. And I was worried and shit. And then yeah. I was just fucking livid. I was like, dude, I just want you to be okay. And then he got there. We already had a fire going, but I had already like hiked down the trail to find him because I was so I was so scared for him. Yeah. Brought him in. And then we finished the next day. And I was like, we just went home and like drove for a couple hours back to my house. And I was like, well, guess I have to start eating with portion control again. 
like you know like you know, it was like <laughs> it's like oh great every time i have to get cheese it's i have to eat 23 crackers not the whole bag i was like damn it and like that's when i realized like you have to stay so present because the accomplishment is great yeah but like the transformation is where you have to be centered at and that that observation of being in the moment and not being elsewhere. Cause I, I, I hiked with a friend. He's still one of my best friends today. He had a lot of stuff going on outside the trail and it was weighing heavily on him while he was on the trail. And I, I would argue that you just don't get a lot of experiences like that in life when yeah. you're responsibility lists and mm-hmm. you can just exist. Yeah. I mean, shit, like, to backpack. I, I mean, it's still, I, I, I will tell anyone, if you want to go lose weight, like to start off a weight loss transformation, you should backpack for one week Yeah, and, and just see what it takes. And it's amazing because the battle's never physical. Yeah. I mean, we were not once that challenged physically. We were like, Oh man, my feet already feel like hamburger. So yeah. what's another 10 miles? Let's just get a cold pack of bud heavies and keep doing it. Yeah. Like it was yeah. stupid. I mean, the whole process, it's like your physical is so physical. That's it. Yeah. And then you're like, man, it's crazy. The, the real prison is up top where yeah. you're just thinking about how hard it is. And then you realize like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. So that, that was the big one. And the journey is every time like the ultimate, because uh, I, I do speak from experience and let's say lows. Um, my, my low last year, when I met you, the only thing I was telling myself was, man, I, I can't wait to meet the guy I'm going to be in three months. Cause I will have weathered this storm. I know I'll be alive. I know well I will have finished this contract, all my medical contracts for three months, yeah. whether they're good or they're bad, they're over in three months. Yeah. And it's like, I'll be fine. You know, I'll be, I'll be this amount of money more in the bank. I'll be this amount of surf sessions clocked. I will have had this amount of central California burritos later. Like I'll be okay. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) it's a good way to think. Like I remember and and like a forward thinking example, sorry, dude, I guess I'm really trying to paint the picture because I want, this is the message I want everybody to take. Good. This is your moment. Ride it, ride this wave all the way in. So I was in grad school and I, uh, my friend Kendra was working with me. We, we proctored tests as graduates, uh, assistant and we would like help out. And anyways, it was a way for us to pay for our tuition. And she was looking at me and I was drawing, this was in 2012 and I'm drawing blueprints of a van. <laughs> and she goes, what is that? And I was like, this is the van I'm going to build. <laughs> And she's like, oh, wow, what's that? And I was like, oh, this is this is like the wall right here. It's going to like separate the front and the back and all this. And this is where the go- like the gear is going to be stored and how I'm going to organize it. And she's like, oh, that's pretty neat. She's like, well, when are you going to do that? And I was like, I don't know. You know, hopefully soon. Yeah. <laughs> and it was such a journey. And I got to that goal. I I accomplished the goal. Cause like, I remember my grandmother was the closest person in my life. And I was telling her about my grad school experience and my climbing aspirations and the van. And I was like, you don't get it. Let me draw you a picture. And I showed her my blueprint. Yeah. And it was, and she kept, she, she, my grandmother kept this blueprint for years. And then like, right before she passed, like she gave it back to me. She's like, Hey, if you really want to do this van, like you should see this all the time. So like, I have that blueprint. She kept it for years, gave it back to me. I was like, if you want to do this, you should. And I still have the blueprint. And I was like, 
if you just keep it in front of you, you're going to get there. Well, yeah. I did get there. This is exactly what Kendra called me out on. This van is exactly what my grandmother, her name's Peg. This is what she, this van is called Peg, by the way, also. Oh, I and, love that. <laughs> and she was telling me like, you have to keep these things in front of you. Well, I built this van and I accomplished the goal. And that's when it really started. Yeah. You know, like I, it took me from 2012 to 2017 to get here. And now I, I landed there and that's when the next journey started. Yeah. And I just can't believe like, this is what gave me the lifestyle I knew was possible to do nothing but build connections, collect friendships and, and live harder than I thought possible. And I mean, still doing it. Like, it's funny to look at my mobile office now, but like, here's your computer, my, my mic in the air. And I knew this was possible. I just didn't know how I was going to get here. But you stayed focused on it. Peg, Peg got you dialed. Grammy Peg got you dialed. Like, you need to see this. You need to see it daily. And you need to, you need to see it often and have it in your mind at the forefront often. And dude, you're sitting there chilling. You and Peg, man, you Peg and Coop. Dude, it's, it's it. And she's, I got, I got a picture of her hanging on my bulletin board, like right on front of my bookshelf right there. It's like five feet away from me. Dude, you this is literally giving me chills. Like, I don't know if you can see me like shiver, but like this story right now is like, man, that's powerful. That's powerful. Literally gave me chills. That's the Stoke definition, I think. I love it, dude. The conductor, the Stoke conductor, conductor, captain, futuristic pilot astronaut of the Stoke universe. Dan, where can people find you and connect with you? Right now, you should find Mountain Man Dan on YouTube and Instagram. That is the handle. Mountain Man Dan is where you can find info on your coaching specifics, what you're looking for and how I can get you there mm -hmm. as well as good content on van life. Uh, me and Coop living our best life and uh, positive messages sent out normally once or twice a week on the tubes. I love it, man. I love it, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the time for just the serendipitous meeting and inviting me to your van in the, in the mid late the mid darkness of the night outside of that strange gym in Truckee, california and here we are almost a high year fives. actually a little over a year later yeah shout out high fives for sure one or, month yeah it's about a year in that's a great though i mean it's striking to me like that's another confirmation van life can get you mm -hmm. to more connections but also like when you meet when you meet equal connection, like it stands like there it is. Yeah, for sure. For super sure. Super grateful. Super grateful for that. Well, I love it, man. I, is, if there's anything else, I mean, that's, that's it for me. But if there's anything else that you're like, oh, damn, I meant to, I meant to drop this little nugget in there. This is your moment. Oh, I love nuggets. Love nuggets. <laughs> this is um, I, I, this is just for me to you. I do have to come down to Portland soon. Uh, I know you're, I think you're still based there, right? Yep. Still based there. All right. So, um, this van that I'm sitting in currently will be a full-time rental starting March. Ooh. I will be moving into a new van that's getting built out in Portland. Perfect. That is perfect. So I, I got to come down and check progress in the next few weeks, make sure we're underway. And then once I get that new van, this van will now be part of my coaching experience. If people want to not only 
learn what I have to offer them, let's say remotely, once they start getting their foundations built, if they want to come and experience the Stoke firsthand, uh, sweat, sweat, cook, eat, breathe, sleep, Stoke, they can then take this van and they can travel alongside me to do it as well. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. I'm, if it's I'm, not with a client, it'll be for people like you. Like I want, like the people that I want to share my life with, I want to come and they, I want them to take the vehicle so we can do the trips that we're talking about. And we yeah. don't have to compromise our comfort to have these experiences out in the waves or around a campfire. I love it, man. I'm so, I'm so in, I'm so in for sure. That's, that is dope. So, um, Mountain Man Dan on YouTube and on Instagram. This is where people can kind of keep up with you. They can connect, they can connect, and they can also probably track the progress on the van rental and find ways to maybe get into that themselves. That's it, man. I'm always telling people, hey, don't forget, count your appreciations, give at least three today, write it down, text it to somebody, write it to yourself, whatever you do, at least three appreciations for the day. This is it for now, Dan. Much love to you. Much love to the listeners, everybody tuning in. And, um, man, I'm, I'm, I feel, I feel a little bit of stoke. I feel a little bit of stoke in my day. Uh, I'm fully stoked right now. (laughs) I love it, man. Well, everybody take care. Much love to you guys. Peace. Big Stokefield, thank you for your time, your tips, and your perspectives, Dan. All right, you can connect with Dan on YouTube and Instagram, at Mountain Man Dan. If you want to know how to best give your support to me in this podcast, share an episode. Share an episode that you enjoyed or learned something from, and share it with a friend, a loved one. Rate or review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, and of course, Whatever level feels right to you, there is a button to donate to the podcast fund on my website. Go to anthonyjthomas.com slash podcast to send a donation or set up a recurring donation and help cover the cost for this beautiful journey. As always, claim your appreciation. State something you appreciate today. I try to go for three at least a day. State your appreciations. Live powerfully. Much love. Peace.